Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we have the privilege to learn more about what's going on in rural and small town mission. We'll check in with Pastor Todd Kolbaum in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Todd Kolbaum. He's pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Madison, Nebraska. He's also director of Rural and Small Town Mission for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Pastor Kolbaum, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Ah, it's great to be back. I just poured a fresh cup and ready to go. (laughs) Well, good. Glad to have you back on. It's been a while since we've had an opportunity to chat and so glad to, to catch up on what's going on in rural and small town mission. So what are some of the challenges? Many congregations have faced challenges in this uh, past year with pandemic and, and other challenges that we faced as a, as a country and now as a church. What are some of the challenges that, that uh, have been faced by our rural and small town congregations? I think, uh, first of all, I've just been extremely impressed with, with so many of our congregations. They, um, you know, especially during the shutdown earlier uh, in 2020, you know, when the spring, when things were shutting down, uh, the our congregations, many weren't uh, poised to do online worship. Uh, they weren't poised to do any kind of recordings. And they showed some incredible adaptability, uh, which was it just extremely impressive in my book. But now as this thing lingers on, we're seeing more of the effects of not having in-person worship uh, or very limited in-person worship where you have to uh, um, uh, create more space in your in your facility and things of that nature. And so we're seeing some of the more of the effects of that, uh, the, the lingering financial issues, uh, the lingering challenges of people who are now have been separated maybe from from the fellowship in person uh, for a time where it's it's becoming more of a challenge to try to draw them back as as restrictions are are releasing a little bit or, or lowering and so they're they're really faced with um, uh, kind of a, an amplification. Many of our congregations were struggling financially and, uh, and, and with the requisite membership as well uh, before the pandemic hit. And now it's, it's a bit of a magnification of that. Are there any ways in which uh, rural and small town congregations are actually better equipped or, or better positioned for, for uh, dealing with all of these things that, that have happened with this pandemic? I think, uh, well, we're, we're very fortunate, uh, as I was just talking about in uh, with Andy a little bit before we started. Um, we're very fortunate in that rural folks have to be adaptable. Uh, the, it's it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, if you live in a farming community and you talk to any farmer, nothing goes right on any given day. And you have to constantly adapt and modify and, and you know, use some bailing twine and uh, get yourself through. And so this is this is the mindset. So I think that's been super helpful in the in the fact that they are very adaptable. Plus, I think in rural and small town congregations, the restrictions, while while maybe the overarching restriction of the state or the county or here in Nebraska, we have local health departments might be a little more strict. We have, uh, we have the benefit of, 
of having a little more flexibility than they, they might perhaps in a larger, uh, uh, a place with larger population, just because we have space. Uh, we're not so uh, crammed in with one another, so we have a little more mobility in that way. Uh, plus, many of our churches are large enough. You know, we we here in Madison, Nebraska, we're very fortunate. When we start started in-person worship again, um, uh, we have enough room in our sanctuary. Not that we wouldn't want it jam-packed full every weekend. That would be fantastic. But uh, we do have the, the benefit at this current time of having enough space that we can, we can accommodate our regular worship uh, and, and not have to make so many modifications. So we haven't had to do things like um, uh, schedule, with the exception of a few, uh, like on Christmas Eve, uh, where we added some worship services. We haven't had to do scheduling where you, have, you sign up for a particular service. And we haven't had to leave things just online, but we already have online, so they're able to do that as well. So I think that's allowed us a, a lot more flexibility and to be better positioned uh, to address this, these changes that keep going back and forth. So less of the issues that are faced by congregations in more densely populated areas. Now, now you mentioned being resourceful and using the the uh, things available to you, like uh, baling twine and, and, <laughs> and learning how to use that. You know, how, how many new uses have you learned for baling twine or maybe duct tape in this last year? Um, <laughs> all joking aside, though, uh, you know, looking at these first article gifts, um, how has the technology been? useful how is it has it been a helpful resource for rural and small town congregations yeah absolutely i think um it, it, again I, I just have been very impressed as I've, I've looked out over um you know kind of keep track of, of many congregations and how they're doing and what they're doing it's been very impressive how they've used just every platform you can think of. And it's, it's like constantly duct taping. I know just for myself, <laughs> I'm not the, the, the techiest person in the world, but I can, I can get by, but uh, I feel like I've, I've, you know, I've used a lot of rolls of duct tape here, uh, but it's because you're, you're looking at how can we, how can we most uh, expediently reach our folks uh, and do so with the limited resources that we have. So a lot of our folks don't have necessarily great internet, you know, our congregations, and yet they're, they're making do. And so they're using platforms uh, where maybe they're not live streaming, but they're using Facebook live or they're, they're um, recording things. They're putting, they're putting things out, um, you know, in print that maybe they weren't before. And so they're adapting and using technology in ways that make sense in the place that they're at, uh, rather than just throwing their hands up and saying, oh, there's nothing we can do. They're using what's available to them uh, to the best degree that it possibly can. And, and I've been extremely impressed by that. Yeah. You know, thinking about some of the the rural or small town congregations that I've visited, or uh, even some of the communities where I've served and, and you're right. Some of them don't have uh, really high speed internet service um, readily available, and and so how have they made? Uh, how have they adapted um, and and used technology? And so, uh, great point. Some of them are just you know using a phone and uh, using Facebook Live on a phone where um, where, where they might have four G or five G uh, technology and able to connect. Right. Exactly. 
Mm. Yeah, and I've noticed even, you know, I've, I've just seen the huge influx of pastors offering daily devotions, too, from from um, rural congregations to uh, suburban and urban congregations as well. Lots of pastors just flooding social media with uh, with lots of great resources this year. You being one of them, uh, I've seen, <laughs> I think, daily devotions um, from Pastor Kolbaum as well. Well, I, I think we, uh, if there's been some unintended benefits to all of this, and that's certainly one of them. I think we're we were so focused on making sure we got the word out in some way, shape, or form, and, and that's the reason why I started the daily devotions, just so we had some sort of point of contact. People heard my voice and heard the word uh, where I didn't have those personal contacts, so that when things started to open back up again. I realized, you know, people are really taking advantage of this and not just people in our immediate area or from our congregation, but former congregations, friends. Uh, I, I, I think the probably the, the most exciting is I, I've got probably a handful of high school friends that are following my daily devotions now, probably just to laugh uh, mm-hmm. with their other friends about, can you even believe this is cold on? But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, they're getting on and they're listening and the word is having its way. So uh, that's really exciting. It's not something I would have other than because I was and I'm putting this in quotation marks forced to do it. Um, I would I would have never really thought of doing it, and and I think that's a a great unintended benefit that's come out of it. How have you seen people come together? You mentioned high schoolers starting to to jump onto these these videos. How have you seen people come together in ways that uh, that they maybe hadn't been doing prior to having to go through this experience together? Yeah, I think one thing that has really been uh, a marked difference is there is at least in in many places there's a core group of folks who just missed the the interaction. Um, they wanted to be in church. They wanted to be in fellowship. And so they've gotten creative with having fellowship. Uh, that's one of the, the main, you know, drawbacks to technology is it keeps us distant from one another. So I think it's it's helped us to see the value of our relationships and the value of getting together personally when and how we can. Uh, and, and so they've gotten rather adaptive with that as well. So uh, spreading things out, doing things in person, but yet distance. I One of the, it was just really, I guess, exciting, encouraging for me. We, we had planned on doing... Um, uh, you were really getting our youth group back up and running and uh, because we'd been pretty distanced. And so we decided we'd do a, an online gathering one night. And our kids are like, can't we just get together if we sit six feet apart across the church basement? We just want to be together. And so I think that's that's playing out in a lot of ways. So as as we have an op, as we have opportunity, especially in rural and small town congregations, where there tends to be a little more close knit relationships amongst families and amongst congregations, we can use that desire to be back together as a motivator to to get folks back in into the church. I think it's a we're really poised in a good way right now uh, to approach folks. And with all the uncertainty in our society and in our world today, uh, this is an opportunity to bring some certainty and some hope that perhaps that door wouldn't necessarily have been quite as open before. I think you've brought to light something that is really significant. Many of us have figured out 
how Sunday morning services can work, you know, meeting in smaller groups and things like that, figuring out ways to make Sunday morning um, the service of the word and, and, and receiving the, the gifts and the sacrament. We've figured out ways to, to, to work with that, um, to, to make those happen. What we've really been challenged with are the, those times of fellowship um, throughout the week and in other times uh, where we meet in, uh, like, like you pointed out, youth group and youth wanting to, to meet together and the challenges that, that we face with that during this time of pandemic. Um, I think that's, a, I know for my congregation, that's been a challenge too. And, and schools as well facing this challenge as well. We have more to talk about with Pastor Kolbaum and Rural and Small Town Mission. In just a moment, you're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Pastor Todd Kolbaum, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Madison, Nebraska, and director of rural and small town mission for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. We're talking about um, how rural and small town congregations have been uh, not only surviving, but uh, some even thriving in the midst of the challenges we've faced this year, particularly in the pandemic. Uh, Pastor Kolbaum, you shared with me in a conversation off air that you've been learning about partnerships for rural and small town congregations. Tell us what what have you learned in this past year about partnerships? Well, I think um, it, it, partnerships are really a way that we can, you know, we've been talking about adaptability. And so many of our congregations we found, especially, you know, after the shutdowns and things of that nature, just how tenuous our our situation can be and how quickly we can find ourselves uh, literally behind the eight ball, so to speak. And so uh, partnerships, uh, uh, that's one great way for our congregations to be able to be the body of Christ in a, in a real tangible way. And so, uh, looking at being able to continue to do the ministry we've been called to do for this time uh, can be a challenge. Yet if we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ around us in other congregations, in uh, maybe perhaps with with uh, recognized service organizations, things like that, we can position ourselves so that we're sharing resources, being the best stewards we possibly can, and still providing the ministry of reconciliation that we've been called to do. Uh, partnerships is a great Great way to to overcome some of the obstacles that are are becoming more acutely uh, we're becoming more acutely aware of in in our current situation. What do some of those partnerships look like for these congregations? Oh, that's a great question, Sarah, because they really are all over the place. Um, we have 
We have congregations that are, uh, especially during pandemic, are really, they're coming together and forming loose partnerships where they are assisting one another, maybe through technology or through um, uh, through assisting one another with with uh, reaching out to folks. And so it's, it's more loosely uh, related, um, perhaps. Um, more along the lines of a of a vacancy situation where you have one congregation uh, kind of helping another through a vacancy because they have a pastor and the other one doesn't, um, but they're they're becoming uh, a little more intentional about it. And I think that's the biggie. Uh, whether it's a, a loose partnership or it's something more formal where we're we're really getting together and kind of sharing more of our administrative functions. Um, the, the partnerships that I've seen that we're working with folks, especially on now, uh, we're trying to help them be proactive. We're trying to help them be intentional and to focus those partnerships rather than on finances, which is really the old model of partnerships. We're just getting together because of finances. We're looking at uh, how can we intentionally partner with one another to carry out mission and ministry. And so they're more mission and ministry focused rather than uh, rather than budget and finance focused. And I think that has been uh, really another benefit that's come out of this is that uh, we've seen just the necessity of getting the word out and let's figure out by by however means we we can, let's get that word out. So the word of God doesn't uh, uh, isn't hidden away, but yet it's it's out there in the in the public square uh, where we've been called to uh, proclaim it. Do you have an example that come that comes to mind of of uh, partnerships that have really been beneficial? Sure, uh, I, I, there's um, <laughs> they're all over the place, but uh, I, I know one congregation that. Um, uh, and, and this, th their conversation started before all the pandemic issues, but they, they, they found that they were positioned in such a way that while they're in a small town, they were a, a fairly healthy, a fairly strong congregation, but they also recognized that there was a congregation that was struggling in this, in an area near them. Uh, but yet if that congregation wasn't there, there would be no presence. Uh, you know, uh, the L Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod specifically, but really a very, very little presence of the word at all in that area. And so they recognized that nobody wanted to lose that. So they they began conversing with this other congregation and said, how can we how can we benefit the mission and ministry here in this place, as well as shoring up some of the needs that we have in ours. And so they ended up calling a pastor that uh, is is part of a team ministry in the larger uh more perhaps secure congregation, quote unquote, uh, but yet they are serving um, nearly full time uh, in in the other congregation as well. So to make sure that that ministry doesn't fall apart. Another one uh, that is a is a really good example of how adaptability comes around. There's a couple of congregations that I've been working with here just recently, and they they're not done with their work. They're just in the midst of the conversations, but uh, they recognize that um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us both to keep doing or trying to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, they're in fairly close proximity. Um, they are. Uh, each independently uh, or uh, operating autonomously, and there's so much that they could be sharing. So they're looking at perhaps the best move for us would be to 
join together and instead of a partnership, actually uh, enact a merger and put to rest uh, the two congregations that exist now and birth something brand new out of that. And and that would perhaps be a, a better benefit to this community that they're in uh, simply because it, it, it shows unity on one side, but the other side is it's, it's far better stewardship of, of the limited resources that, uh, that they have. And so, um, yeah, it, it really does run the gamut. What are some things you've learned about a mission in rural and small town communities over the last several months? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can necessarily say I learned but we've become far more acutely aware of just how badly people are struggling. Mm -hmm. I think pandemic has not, um, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, depression and suicide rates going up and things of that. I don't think that is necessarily the fault of the pandemic. I think the pandemic and especially shutdowns and things of that nature have brought us to a point where we're more acutely aware of what's going on in our communities and how many people are really struggling because they don't know uh, Jesus, because they don't have the word of God in their lives. And so, especially in small towns where we think, um, you know, everybody's churched, quote unquote, because, you know, you've got five or six small churches and everybody belongs to one, but we see our neighbors are not there. And, and I think it's, it's, I don't want to say forced us, but it's assisted us in becoming more aware of that problem, just the deep spiritual problem that we have in our society. Uh, but even in these rural and small town areas and how the mission field is ripe here. And, and we can't ignore that where I think for a long time, we've kind of rested on our laurels uh, because we just had, sort of had a natural um, a, a natural move where people, the people that were going to come came and the ones that weren't, weren't. Uh, but it's, it's uh, helping us to recognize that we need to reach out and look out at, a, at the folks around us uh, more intentionally. Uh, and that mission field is really right there. And plus, with uh, demographic changes as well, we see uh, there are people moving into these communities. And how are we poised to uh, to uh, meet them as they come in? I, I know in our little community right here, just because people are trying to get out of, of the more populated areas and they're trying to move to some place with more security and stability, uh, we've got a couple of new housing developments, which in a little town of of Madison, Nebraska, you wouldn't think would be a big deal, but already there's, you know, five or six uh, lots that have been purchased and there are going to be homes built on them. And so are we, are we recognizing the fact that that's a mission field right there? Hmm. Well, I think it, it certainly has been a while since we talked, and I don't know if we've really talked much since you've returned to full-time parish ministry while also serving <laughs> as Director of Rural and Small Town Mission, how has your return to rural and uh, to to this full time parish ministry given you insights? Has it has it given you insights on on what rural and small town mission is all about? It's reminded me just how hard this work is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's very easy, um, and and that was 
my biggest fear when I took the call to be full-time uh, director of rural and small town mission, it was, it was, and I said right away, uh, I think we've got about six years and you start to become distanced from having your, your hands and feet get, get dirty. And, uh, and, and we, we were able to, um, because we were very involved uh, when we were still in Concordia, Missouri, with you know, Angie was youth director there, and and I was her assistant. Um, <laughs> you know, so you can keep your your fingers in the in the pie a little bit. But uh, being back in the parish, it's it's really grounded me back in the fact that there's this this rhythm, and there's certain things that just have to keep uh, keep happening. And so, how can we better assist folks in in accomplishing the daily tasks of ministry that have to happen and yet assist them in being able to look out and do that that uh, mission and evangelism work that the Lord has called us to do uh, in our communities in these places. And it's also reminded me just how dynamic uh, these places are again. Uh, you know, we come here and they they just they're hungry for the word. They want the word of God. They want to they want to tell the story and and uh, it helps me again to be grounded in, in the fact that this is, this doesn't change. This is how the Lord works through His church all the time, and we just need to keep adapting to uh, what's changing around us so that we can continue to to, to reach out and and make these uh, inroads into the society uh, that that we've been called to make. With just a, about a minute left, uh, any aside from learning how to uh, survive and thrive in the midst of a pandemic, uh, anything else on the horizon for rural and small town mission this year? Yeah, we're really we're we're hoping to put out, uh, especially specifically with partnerships. We're hoping in the next year or so to be able to put out uh, some more specific partnership resources. That'll be done um, uh, through. Um, uh, the revitality uh, resources. So we're going to put out some self-directed things. Uh, hopefully that'll be coming within the next year or so. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not always too uh, up on how these timeframes work, but I'm very excited about that. I think that'll be a huge benefit to a lot of our congregations. Very good. Our guest today, the Reverend Todd Kolbaum, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Madison, Nebraska, and director for Rural and Small Town Mission, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Pastor Kolbaum, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thanks for having me. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.